Thank you for joining us on the Calvary Couples Podcast. We're wrapping up our lesson here on joy and um, how joy affects the family life of a Christian and how it really is just a, a vital attribute and a vital characteristic that needs to be um, part of every Christian home. <clears throat> the final point here is we're going to talk about how joy isn't really complete until it is extended through praise. Um, if you remember as we go back to um, our original text when we talked about Zephaniah in chapter 3, we were breaking down the command to sing and to be joyful, and it continued on about how God himself rejoices over his children. And it says not only does he rejoice over his children, but he does it in a certain way as he does it through singing. And that God, uh, the expression of God's joy, is this, uh, this expression of praise over his children. So praise is a vital discipline in the Christian life. When we praise God, we praise him for specific reasons. We praise him to honor him. We praise him to remind ourselves of the truth. We praise Him to gain a clear perspective, and ultimately, we praise God so that we can enjoy God. Joy is not, a com is not complete until it is shared. It's almost like this continuous circle where uh, you have joy, you praise, and because of praise, you rejoice. A gift is not acknowledged without appreciating the giver. I think it would be an awkward uh, experience if someone were to give me a gift that they you know, worked for and they purchased for me and they took the time to pick out and then they gave me this gift and I grabbed the gift real quick and I ran away and I went and hid in the corner. Well, joy isn't completed until I acknowledge and I appreciate the giver who gave me the gift. You know, just as we praise God, we praise people. It, it makes my mind go to Romans chapter 16. If you look in Romans chapter 16, what's um, really interesting in that entire chapter is that the Apostle Paul mentions 35 <laughs> excuse me, 35 different people by name. And not only does he mention them by name, he praises them and he has something nice to say about each and every one of them. Think about those in your home. Think about your children. Think about your spouse. Can you stop right now and say something nice about each and every member of your family? Is there something that about them brings joy in your life that you could praise them for? Well, focus on those things and realize that even though you might get warm, fuzzy feelings about your husband or your wife or your children, that that expression of joy inside of you isn't complete until you've spoken it out, till you have said um, some honorable thing or some praiseworthy thing over them and spoken it to them. And you know what that's going to result in? More joy. You will have then created joy in their life, and then they will create joy in your life. And it's just this continuum that, that goes on and goes on and goes on. In order to enjoy others, we must claim the truth that God enjoys delighting in us. And this is something that we find all throughout the Psalms. Maybe we'll pick a particular text. There's many, many, many different uh, Psalms that we could go to. But maybe we'll look at uh, Psalm chapter, uh, we'll go to Psalm chapter 147, and we'll look in verse 11. And again, there's many texts here, but we'll just pick one out. The Lord taketh pleasure in them that fear him, in those that hope in his mercy. Talks about how the Lord Himself delights and rejoices over those people who what? Who fear Him or who follow after Him, have a reverential respect for Him, and those that hope in His mercy, that His mercy will come. Another powerful um, uh, text in the Word of God is in Isaiah chapter 62 and verse 4. Scripture said, Thou shalt no more be termed forsaken, neither shall thy land any more be termed desolate, but thou shalt be called Hephzippah, and thy land Beulah, for the Lord delighteth in thee, and the land and thy land shall be married. God himself delights in you. Your name is no longer one of despair. Your name is no longer one of discouragement, but your name is Beulah, where there will be great joy, where there will be great hope, and that God himself delights over you. 
So that is the ultimate source of our joy, and because of that, praise comes out of joy, but praise also increases our joy. Here's what happens. Speaking good things about one another reaffirms in our mind the good attributes of those that we love and keeps them fresh in our mind. Too easy it is for us to think and reflect on the things that annoy us about those that we live with all the time. I think there's an expression that says something to the effect of familiarity breeds contempt. And sometimes those people that we are most familiar with are the ones that can annoy us the most. So it requires discipline. It requires a, um, an action of, I am going to think and, and ponder on and look at the good attributes. And I'm going to keep those things fresh in my mind. And praise is a part of that by praising those good attributes. It continues this cycle of joy. Think about this. When you read through the Song of Solomon, the Song of Solomon is almost exclusively a book about a husband and wife are just constantly praising each other. It's almost awkward as you read through the Song of Solomon how much praise is just being gushed and poured over a husband and a wife. But maybe that should be an example to each each one of us. Rather than focusing on the things that irritate us, the things that annoy us, the things that make us angry about our husband and our wife, to focus on those good things, those good gifts that God has given us, those things that initially drew us to each other, that we that we admired about each other, and that we should praise each other for those different character traits and attributes. Another thing is our families launch out into a hostile world every single day. You know the thing about this world is that it, it, it has a purpose, and that is that the world just lives to point out each and every one of our faults, and the world is always trying to hurt us and to attack us and to pain us in some way. So why shouldn't they be able to return to a warm, loving home where joy is found to shield us from the blows of the world? Why shouldn't your home be a place of joy? Where regardless of a miserable experience that your husband or wife had at work, your kids had at school, some difficult situation that's happening, why shouldn't you be able to return to a home together and to lean on each other and to express joy and praise to one another? Wouldn't it be a wonderful place or wouldn't it be a wonderful thing if each of us found relief, acceptance, and appreciation when we stepped into the doorways of our homes? I think that would absolutely change uh, not only our homes, but our churches, our communities, as people, number one, first and foremost, are reached with the gospel message of Jesus Christ, because Christ is ultimately going to be the source of our joy, like we read in John 15, 11. And he says, my joy is available to you, that your joy might be full. And when each, each one of us is full of the joy of Christ, we have homes that are full of the joy of Christ. We have communities that are full of the joy of Christ. We have churches that are full of the joy of Christ. So ask yourself this question as we wrap up this lesson. Where does your home lack in joy? Do you think about when you wake up, when you have a meal together, when you spend time together, where is your home lacking in joy? And what reasons are direct cause of your actions? Because it's easy to say, well, my home lacks joy because of my wife, because of my husband, because of my kids. No, no, no. It starts with you and I. It all begins with us personally. What reasons, why do, if your home lacks joy, why does it lack joy because of you? And then decide what will you do to change that? How will you work to help your family achieve a joyful home? And I can tell you where that begins is to just get on your knees and pray and ask God, remove those things from me that ought not be there and give me the joy of Christ that your joy will flow through me. First and foremost, to your husband, to your wife, to your children, to those within the four walls of your home that you love, that you desire to care for, so that when you walk out the door in the morning, whether you go to work, whether your kids leave the home to go to school, 
that when you walk out, your home is a more joyful place than when you left it. I'm praying that God helps you. I'm praying that God encourages you. I'm praying that God strengthens your home. Thank you for joining us for this lesson with the Calvary Couples podcast on joy and how joy is a vital aspect of every Christian home. I hope that you'll tune in next time as we look at how do we maintain family unity in the life of a Christian home. Look forward to seeing you then. Again, thank you. Please subscribe to the Calvary Couples podcast if you haven't already. You can um, give us a review on Apple Podcasts. You can share this podcast with those who you think it might be helpful. And again, we're praying that God's best, not only for you, but for your family as well.